Hello, I am Tavern Wickerwhistle, and this is my infectious Sandavian Orchestra. the word what word macabre no macabre <laughs> no <laughs> what are you talking about macabre i like the word macabre you mean macabre no i mean macabre no at the end the bruh i don't say the re i say it gingerly macabre that's <laughs> just gingerly yeah macabre you're talking about it's spelled M A C A B R E. <clears throat> yes. So there's an R E at the end. Yes, but it can be silent. You want calling on macabre? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> uh, mostly I've heard it pronounced macabre without the R E. They're silent. And that's the way I like best. Well, I think that I like macabre. Well, then you say it that way. Okay. And you know what? I don't like macabre. Yeah, you know, which I don't is either. yeah, and the definition of I've heard it pronounced many different ways though. The definition just pretty much means gruesome or horrifying, ghastly, horrible. Yeah, I liked your iPhone app had a great definition of it, but um, the macabre <laughs> is actually what it is is it's pronounced macabre in the U.S. and macabre in the U.K. Ah, aha! So really, I'm a little bit of both. Oh. Hello. Mr. Sassy Pants. I'm Mr. Sassy Pants. The Macabre. Yeah. The ma- the the Macabre. I think I've also heard it pronounced Macabre. No. Really? Yeah. Where would that be? In France? Uh, Macabre. <laughs> I don't live there, so I don't know. I well, don't know where I heard it pronounced like that. I think I have, though. Well, it's a word that from, I mean, when I was growing up, I always would read it. I'd go, Macabre. <laughs> or like I would actually say like the macabre or, uh-huh. or what, however I would say it. And then um, one time I heard Marge Simpson say it in Simpson's Treehouse of Horror. Uh-huh. She's like, Bart, it's the something, you know, whatever she's talking about. Oh, the macabre. Uh-huh. And I was like, did she say br-? And then I was like, is she saying that word that I, what? And then I thought it was really cool and I had a character named, oh, named Joseph McAbry. <laughs> ah, you see what I did there? I see. I was 13, maybe 14. <laughs> Joseph McAbry, see, he had something to do with death or was dead and came back to Earth or something. I don't know. But um, this is our final October cast. This is October cast number five. And so as you heard in the intro, we have a very, very special guest host um, who is preparing a special treat for the end of the show. Um, but in the meantime, Jason, are you sad that this is our last October cast? Mm, not really. No? I like them, but I mean, we're done. I mean, October's almost over, so. Yeah? I, I thought that you'd be more sad. Or do you get sad when we'll October move ends? We'll on to other themed casts. That will be fun. Yes, a little foreshadowing there. I like what you did there. Yeah, hey. Uh, are you more sad that I uh, am posting them all on the same day because I fell behind? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I know by the time you download these, unless you download them exactly when Listen I post them. Listen to them all before Halloween. Yeah. Hey, make it a thing. Make Have it playing in the background as you, you know, sit down and let the trick-or-treaters come over and knock on the door. Have it playing in speakers outside your house. Yeah, but pay attention to it. <laughs> so, anyway, you if, if you've been looking and saying, like, why did they do one October cast? <clears throat> um, we didn't. Um, I just fell behind um, there, as you'll hear in some of the episodes I just posted, string of incidents, but the bottom line is that we're up and running, my laptop's running great, and the show is back on schedule after this, so um, we're going to post these, uh, I guess the four that we're doing here, um, two, three, four, and then today, five, so the, the rest are done, but we're doing five today, and uh, so we're going to swing in and do some topics that... Uh, we have not quite covered for Halloween yet. Or not even Halloween, but October. We looked at jack-o'-lanterns. 
We talked about jack-o'-lanterns. But, Jason, I don't think any October cast would be complete without analyzing just the pumpkin. Okay. Now, that's a topic that seems like it's uninteresting. And by and large, it is. Very uninteresting. Mm -hmm. So you might be sitting there listening, uh, thinking, Tim, well, why in the world would you bring up pumpkins? You really are stretching. Well, hold on. Because there's two things about pumpkins that I think are interesting. One, giant pumpkin growing competitions. That's interesting to me because it's got to involve some kind of fertilizer, steroids, and probably witchcraft. Secondly, pumpkin chucking contests. Uh There are contests where people use machines or whatever device they can to chuck pumpkins as far as they can. I'm hoping that as I delve more deeply into that topic, that there are targets. How awesome would it be? to put huge targets, huge white walls, and you just shoot a pumpkin and you just splat that thing across a, a, a white target. So, you know, that's interesting to me. They actually, so, they toss them um, at cutouts of zombies. Ah, see? That's really what they shoot them at. Really? No. Ah, uh, you got me. I wish. Why do why you... Not? Well, I was going to say, why not? <clears throat> actually... I want to shoot zombies at giant pumpkins. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want to do. Yeah. Okay. There are competitions. There are state competitions, and there's actually a worldwide competition for giant pumpkins. And I'm talking these things are bigger than – they are larger than people. They are massive. Mm -hmm. And we'll post some pictures of that. Um, But apparently it's – they call them fall way-offs. And what you do is – you you can go and watch these giant pumpkins being weighed and that is ridiculous they are they get so big that they're flattening themselves under the weight of all the seeds and pumpkin guts in there um there are pictures of like pumpkins that are a thousand plus pounds mm-hmm. that is out of control i want to make a jack-o'-lantern with one of those pumpkins yeah. do you imagine what what do you do with the guts of that stuff that would take I hours saw on um the Halloween episode of iCarly, uh, Spencer got a gigantic pumpkin that was almost as big as he was, and he it wasn't a real pumpkin in the show, but um, he carved it with a chainsaw. <laughs> See, now I would like and to so, try that. And it showed him cleaning it out, and like, I think he was using a, sh- I can't remember what it was, like a shovel or something, and it showed the pile next to him. It was almost as big as the pumpkin. I bet. He got inside of it. It was neat. See, that's what I want to do. It was a fun time for Let's me. make a pumpkin fort next year. Yeah. Oh, dude. How cool would that be? You don't see, don't think of it as taking It'd the lid as off. as cool as a pumpkin fort could be. Yeah, which is, let me paint you a picture. All right. You don't take the lid off like most people do. Uh-huh. You cut a back door. Oh. Aha, right? So you have the pumpkin on the ground. You cut a back door. You gut it from the bottom. Mm-hmm. You clean it all out. And then you cut windows out of the front. <laughs> That's for your Halloween-themed paintball guns. (laughs) And you have pumpkin forts all around, Mm -hmm. and then you build huge pumpkin barricades and walls, make the whole paintball course all pumpkins. I I can dig that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and then shoot zombies at the paintball players. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See? I see. So, I don't know. I was just really interested because I never never knew that pumpkins could get that big. I mean, they are massive. Um but the thing is, is that they don't go by height or width, which is, I understand for the contest because it's like, how would you, because of what I was describing before, where the pumpkin's weight crushes it. But I want them to tell me what the tallest and widest pumpkin is. I want a perfect pumpkin that's huge, like a, a small house. You know? I think uh, Jack Pumpkinhead lived in a pumpkin in the book. Who's Jack Pumpkinhead? Oh, from oh, Oz. From, yeah, he lived in a pumpkin house. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the mortgage rates on those, you know, these days are. That'd be interesting. Does a does a gourd get equity? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> so you can probably see where I'm going with this. But the next thing was the pumpkin chucking contests. Now, you, we, we've seen Gallagher, and he smashes watermelons, and that's awesome. I'm, I'm down with that. That's really his thing, but I'm thinking that there's not much that cracks open like a pumpkin. You know what I mean? Have you ever dropped a pumpkin on accident? 
Mm. No. I did, and it didn't spill out and have all guts, but it cracked, and it has this gnarly crack in it. Mm. And just the way that it is, because it's so thick, mm. when it cracks, um, it, it just the depth of the crack and the angle of it, it's gnarly. And so I thought, man, to shoot a pumpkin and then have that thing, I would want to build, because let me think of potato guns and those kinds of things where those launchers are like compressed air or chemicals or sometimes, they, you know, all the different mechanisms they use. Mm. And then imagine them slinging pumpkins and just, there's something neat, maybe it's just because I'm a guy, about watching a huge object just fly through the air that you know imminently is going to just shatter wherever it lands. Mm -hmm. Now, pumpkin chunking, as it's called, or pumpkin chucking or pumpkin chunking, it's pretty much... However you want, mechanically, you are hurling a pumpkin over heights and distances, and you're trying to hurl it the farthest. And there's a, it's, there are, you know, informal and formal competitions and events throughout the United States, especially, you know, obviously in the fall when they're harvested, when pumpkins are harvested. But there is an actual European championship held in Belgium, and that's been since 2004. And um, so... The ones, the, the furthest that I found was 0.84 miles. It's like 4,483 feet. You launched a pumpkin almost a mile. Now, can you imagine if someone was just not aware of the competition and for uh-huh. whatever happenstance they're wandering on a field and were killed by a pumpkin? Oh, God. I know it sounds morbid, but think about it. You're just like, what is, could you stop to look? What is it? Do you see that? I wouldn't stop in the way of it, though. No, if you're just looking, because it it's up in the air, I'm sure. You're just like, what is that? I'm looking at the... Oh! Oh! <laughs> it's very cinematic, I know, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, I figured we had to talk about pumpkins, because it is the October the October cast. It's not just the Halloween cast. It's about the whole, uh, the whole of October. Um, the 10th month in our calendar. And so, I just thought that... Um, it would be cool. And also, um, some of them, some farmers actually grow specific pumpkins that are firm so that they can use as projectiles. Um, and they're not good for eating, but they're really good to chuck. But um, the, oh, and it says that the, 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 the rule is that the pumpkin has to remain whole after leaving the device for the chuck to count or the chunk. They call oh, it really? chunking. Yeah. It can't explode. Well, pumpkins that burst after, after the, um, after they leave the barrel intact are referred to as pumpkin pie in the sky. It has to stay intact in there. Like you can't use Until a firing it hits the pin. Ground. Correct. I mean, you. It, oh, okay. It, what I mean is, while it's fired, it can't I see, break. I see, I see. Um, because I guess then you could use gunpowders and different things of that nature mm-hmm. and just blow the bits, and yeah. then the furthest bit is like, oh, look, that's where mine landed. Mm-hmm. But it has to, it has to leave the device whole, mm-hmm. and then if it breaks in the air, it's pumpkin pie in the sky. I just thought that was interesting. Some pumpkin chunking. Yeah. So, why don't you... Ready, hat, wheel. (laughs) Tis the season for spooky iPhone apps, it seems like. Seems like. Seems like. Now, in the last couple of days, you've shown me, what, now three spooky iPhone apps? Have I? I think so. The first one was... Uh, Pogo the Skeleton Boy, uh, who hops on vampire pigs. What was that called? It's called Skull Pogo. Skull Pogo. And, um, the second one was Pinball of the Living Dead Wizard. Mm -hmm. What was that one called? Undead Attack Pinball. Right. That's what I said. Yep. And then the third one you just actually showed me a video for, and it's called Pro Zombie Soccer. Yeah. Did I really get the title of that one right? I think so. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean... I don't know when that's coming out, though. Uh, I don't know either. But um, I'll just talk about the Pro Zombie Soccer one since it's the one that's pulled up right there. Um, basically, this is a... Uh, it's an animated style game where you are a... Uh, it looks like a teenage kid. And you have a soccer ball. And you're at the left side of the screen. From the right side of the screen... Zombies of all shapes, sizes, and colors come lumbering toward you. You, as the uh, 
the soccer player, the soccer virtuoso that you are, kick the ball and hit the undead to stave them off. Um, the game mechanic looked pretty cool. At one point, you kick a satellite. Like, you kick the ball really hard, and it shows an animation of the ball going into space and hitting a satellite. And then the satellite, you can use it to aim and target different creatures and then send this burst of flame to destroy them. I guess it's kind of like to clear the screen. Yeah. Um, you know the rock band, the Gorillas. Yes. That's what this animation oh. reminds me of. Yeah. You said that this might be a purchase for you, though. Yeah, most likely. It depends on how much it is, but it's like a dollar or two. I'll probably get it. Yeah, it it, it was interesting. It had some, uh, uh, what like when something epic was about to happen, like if you want to use a special move, it would do the old like letterbox comes across the screen with a close up of the character's face and the anime lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, excellent animation style. It looks really sharp iPhone games are getting more and more to look like um, just, I, I don't know, because some of the games I'll get, they look really bad. But then some of them I get, they look fantastic. They look yeah. better than, uh, or at least at least the same quality as DS games. Yeah. You know, usually it's it's a matter of the developer. I guess that's the one benefit of a DS game is that usually there's quality control. Yeah. You know, so there are no refunds in the App Store. <laughs> But, um, so that's pro zombie soccer. That looks pretty fun. I'm sure you probably flick your finger. You know, I'm sure that's probably how you, I hope uh, that's how you play. Well, it look, yeah, it looks like you aim in some way and then maybe flick. Yeah. So that's neat. And then, uh, you can upgrade the soccer ball to, to multiple bounces and you can do headshots. And there was a big kind of like biker zombie. And as it, as the ball was hitting him, his limbs were falling off. So why don't you play me a song about it? You infectious and avian orchestra. Sit back and relax as I conduct this symphony of germs and birds, beaks and blisters and boils. For I have found the music of the plague. Well, that was a harmonic and contagious composition of mercurial fiber. Now, Jason, um, the other games that you were uh, showing me before, um, we'll just go to the pinball game that you showed me. Because I am, by nature, addicted to pinball. But not actual pinball machines. Uh, Those tend to kind of confuse me. I know that what makes me sound like a simpleton, but I guess that I just never really played them as a kid, so I don't know exactly when good things are happening or bad things are happening because it's all those tiny LED lights mm. that come on, mm. and it's, it's like super ultra hyper mega score ball. <laughs> oh no, you got the waffler, and I'm like, what? I'm playing Indiana Jones pinball, but it's like you've been waffled. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> They're like, you know what I mean? Hold the candlestick. I'm like, what? What am I supposed to do? And then three balls shoot out, and it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, you didn't do the bristle maneuver. <laughs> and it's all in that little yellow LED, and it's like going really fast oh, with those so monochrome animations of Harrison yeah. Ford's face. <laughs> so I love uh, pinball games that are virtual. Mm, I like pinball play. games on uh, the computer or on a system like... Um, I know I'm not going to say Sonic Spinball. Oh, thank you. Um, that game was atrocious. Pinball but, for the NES. Yeah. That, I had a pinball, several pinball apps when Windows 3.1 was out. Anyway, mm. this pinball was actually, it's the, the, it's very, very well made. It's called Undead Attack Pinball, um, and the graphics are, um, they're better than I expected them to be. The response of the controls is great. Um, everything about it is more in-depth than I have ever seen uh, on an iPhone pinball game. Now, I haven't played many iPhone pinball games. Have you, Jason? I've played a few, and I, I think uh, this is my favorite. Okay. I've tested one or two out, but uh, I don't know. This one seems to just have a uh, 
just the whole animated style and everything, it, it really looks like something I can get into. The ball physics in this are really nice. And um, I read that when it first came out, that was a complaint some people had. They were saying the ball physics were kind of off. They were kind of weird. But uh, I guess since they've updated it, they've corrected that. Yeah, I would agree that the... Uh, and it's, it's excellent, too, because, you know, obviously a, a pinball game has tilt, which means, we, you know, when you tilt in a pinball game, you are pretty much gaining points um, illicitly by... Uh, machine abuse you're tilting the machine um and so i guess older pinball machines couldn't tell the difference between the player hitting the bumpers and you shaking the machine so now there are a few mechanisms that detect machine abuse well this you purposely tilt to stun the zombies at certain points and you get three of those before it actually x's you out for tilting but if um and i guess the premise is this i didn't explain this Zombies are trying to get into your pinball gate. The level looks like a town. You can knock down and destroy the objects and zombies with the ball you have. Certain power-ups make the ball spiked or uh, other things to assist you in doing that. If the zombies get close to your bumper gate, you can shake the iPhone to stun them until you get your ball back, or you can actually activate a fog weapon uh, that is down by your bumper gate. So I love the way that they incorporated this. Um, zombies trying to get to you and pinball together. Uh, the graphics are sleek. The gameplay is solid. And it is definitely worth a try because there's a light version in the App Store. So if you have an iPhone, check that out because it is free. So again, this is called Undead Attack Pinball. Listen, let me also just say that I know pinball's been around since like the 15th century in some forms, so I'm not slamming the game. I'm just telling you that me personally, um, maybe it's above my mental capacity to enjoy it the way that some people do. I have a good time, but virtual pinball to me is is more fun. So I want to throw out that little, that little disclaimer because I think pinball is really cool. Um, I'm just not that good at regular machines. I wish I was. Did you ever have you ever played pinball, like actual pinball? Do you get into that? You talking about machines? Yeah, like pinball machines. Do you? Yeah, is I that something them. you love them a lot? Yeah, yeah. I love now, them do you understand what I was talking about before? Do you feel confused or like what you don't know what's going on sometimes? Like, what am I supposed to do here to hit? Because pretty much your only indicator uh, is a light on the board, mm. the pinball, you know, the the machine board, and then the actual LED lights that are flashing other people's really high scores. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, so that's never been... I guess it's not that I'm confused, like, oh, shiny lights. You need to maybe look at some kind of um, instructions on it. Because it's very easy. Like, I've played a lot of pinball, so I've... I mean, I figured everything out of generally what you do on a board. But, I mean, if you haven't played that much, then... Yeah. I mean, I've, I've stayed on machines for hours and played them. See, I guess that since the objective changes, like roll the ball up here yeah, and things always, like that, I, I don't understand. It's always pretty much the same. Like there, there will be like three bumpers, and if every time you hit one of the bumpers, a light will light up. Like it's a, a line of three lights, and so you hit each of the bumpers, and the three lights light up. Then that opens a section. You're supposed to hit the ball into that section or up this, uh, you know, slide or something, and that unlocks something else. It's all like kind of an adventure. Like See that alone. And getting the higher and higher scores, you have um, you hit certain things and get multipliers, and your multipliers go up. See that alone is more light shed on it than I've ever had. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was the way that it went, and so I thought it was just uh, random things that would uh, kind of occasionally come up. Like, okay, now hit this, and you get more points. And I thought that that, that doesn't seem like there's a rhyme or a reason to it. Right. So it didn't really. Or say like you you shoot these three things and not, they all fall down. And then you'll be able to shoot it in this other section. You shoot it in there, it'll keep that ball. Then you shoot another ball, and you do that like three times, and then that's when you get your multi-ball. Oh, okay. See, three I never... Three times it'll release those all those balls then. See? Yeah, there's all, it's, it's very simple once you understand, you know... Even the explanation you just gave me makes me want to go play pinball now. Yeah. Because there's something about that steel uh, ball rolling around and actually hitting the real bumpers, and you know what I mean? Uh, I have to say that that's... The reason why I probably like virtual pinball is because usually there are indicators that say, now destroy the house. It's like, boom, right there on the screen for me right. versus I mean, I've never been trained to watch for those things. Yeah. 
I, it does that on actual pinball machines, but sometimes, you know, you're focused focused on the board and you're not looking at that screen up there. Yeah. So, but yeah, I love pinball. That's cool. Well, check out that app. Jason's the one who got me to check it out. So, yeah. so Jason, let me ask you a question here on this our final October cast. Are you getting a little tired of zombies? In certain forms. Okay. Um, I am. And maybe this time last year, I was very excited that there were so many things that were mainstream that were becoming what I'll call zombified. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is more or less just people got the light bulb of wait, we should put zombies in this setting, like Marvel zombies, where mm-hmm. you see a Marvel superheroes, and then um, they were made into zombies, and you see them and how they would interact. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, now it just seems like everyone just applies that formula of, oh, put zombies in that popular setting. Oh, what would it be like if zombies were in that popular setting? Mm. And I think that that alone isn't negative. Because I think that can done, be done to great effect. You know the idea I just had? What? Zombie Planet of the Apes. See, now that's interesting. Yeah. See? And again, that's why, I, that's that's to me, proves the point that I don't think the template itself is flawed. I think that if we are going to just apply this template without uh, considering something interesting that can go with that. Like, I don't just want to see that. I want to see how the zombification has affected them differently. I want to see how it's affected their flesh differently. I want to see how it's affected their mannerisms differently. I don't want to just see, apply the rotted flesh template, the rubbery face template. Go ahead and just apply that to the zombies, uh, you know, or or, I'm sorry, to the apes and make them act like zombies. And then Charlton Heston running around in his jumpsuit, not able to talk, running away from zombies. This I do not like. But I want to see something interesting. How would that change their environment? Would they be fast? Would they be slow? Don't just apply the entire template that popular culture has assigned to zombies. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You know, in the same way that people consistently reinvent vampire mythos, I want to see some zombie mythos more drastically redefined. If we're going to use it so much, let's explore some different avenues. Yeah. And I'm also a little tired of the uh, the um, the avenue of the zombies get smarter. Okay. Then what? You know, okay, we've seen it. It's been done. Not And again, not that I'm a, a fan of just smashing ideas because they've been done. Usually it boils down to good character, good story. That's great. But if we're going to play this thing out, let's come up with something interesting. For example, you actually played me uh, an audio story. Um, the audio story was by, who was that by again? Widget Walls. And who is Widget Walls, and uh, how did you find this story? He runs um, needcoffee.com, and uh, he's doing this thing this month called the 32 Days of Halloween, where each day he posts a a movie, an audio file, and I think like one other thing uh, relating to Halloween or like spookiness. And so this was um, an audio file he posted. It's a reading of one of his stories that he is reading. Yeah, and it was it was very interesting. Um, why don't you tell us what it was about? Uh, basically, it was set in Oz. It was like the Wizard of Oz, but Dorothy, when Dorothy landed in her house in Oz in the Munchkin Village, she was actually what we assume she's a zombie. Right, like my brother. Yeah. After hearing the story. Mm-hmm. Which is from the uh, is from the perspective of a Munchkin. Yes, yes. Or you know someone no, in that's Oz. True, yes. Yeah. So, um, very well. It was well written. I liked the prose. Um, it was good. So, I assumed zombie. My brother said vampire because it's not really necessarily defined, which is very great. So yeah. I, I've never heard any of Widget's stuff, but I, I really appreciated the fact that um, he left it up to the imagination in that. Okay, well, here, this alone. Think about this. We're applying zombie to it. I am, because that is the typical action of a zombie. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that it was a zombie at all. Yeah, It could have been something totally different. And as of right now, in my own mind, I'm assigning some different, totally different creature well, it's to the just entire because thing. because it was so similar to a zombie. Yes. And I guess what I'm thinking is critically thinking exercise here. 
I'm going to imagine something different than a zombie. Not sure what it is yet, mm-hmm. but anyway. Um, and Widget, if you intended it to be a zombie and that's something that offends you, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, I think that it was a well-written story. It was fun to listen to. And that was a cool example of something that hadn't been thought of. But see, now what I'm afraid of is that that's you know going to be circulated and whoever listens to that story, I don't want them to be like, Oh, zombie Sherlock Holmes. Ooh, zombie. And they just start applying zombie to every classic film or every classic story mm. or every classic character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Zombie Three Musketeers. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't want that mm. because I think that if you, well, I'm going to rephrase that. Maybe I do want that, but come up with something interesting. Don't just... Interesting take on it. Yeah, don't just make it the lumbering urban zombie that we see all the time. How would a zombie develop back then if you do Three Musketeers? Yeah. How would... How awesome could it be? Okay, I'm just talking myself into this. You could do an amazing zombie Three Musketeers story with a sword play. Mm -hmm. That would be ridiculous. Those swords were not built to chop heads off. It would be puncturing. How many punctures would you have to put in a zombie's brain before it died? Mm-hmm. And imagine the lightning-fast swordplay and the, the moves that would develop between those three musketeers uh-huh. and D'Artagnan to be like... They would be like stabbing rapid fire into the heads. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That yeah. would be awesome. Because yeah. it wouldn't be chopped. You know, I wouldn't go that route, but right. that's the route that I feel that most would go. They would take the swords out of the three musketeers' hands that were the rapiers... Mm-hmm. And they would be like, oh, quickly, brothers, to the armory. And then they go <laughs> and they get broadswords. And it's like, no, cheesy way out. Think your way through this. Make it original. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic. I'd love to see that. Why don't you do it? I might. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. When you said zombie Sherlock Holmes, that excited my emotions. Did it? Yeah. See, now, is it Sherlock yeah, Holmes? Trying... No, he's not a zombie. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what, I, that's what I meant. trying to figure out why... You know, everyone's becoming zombified. See, and again, maybe solve it. And, and it, at some point, Doctor Watson turns into a zombie. Ah, oh, he does. And he he keeps him and holding, and he he runs tests on him and stuff. Very good. Yeah. Maybe we should do a series of zombie stories. Oh my <laughs> lord, what have I done to myself? <laughs> Thank you very much, Jason. You've turned me into a blazing hypocrite. Mm-hmm. No, the idea, and that's why I want to specify this. I'm not saying don't come out with zombie stories. I'm saying stop applying a generic template to things that are already, they have already made their way in popular culture because they have been um, through the ringer. They are high quality. Things that have built a reputation for being enjoyable. Don't just then go, oh, let's apply a zombie template to that. Boom, now I'm awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's why I appreciate what Widget Walls did. He wrote it well. He imagined it in an interesting way and I, I thought the ending was very open but cryptic and I thought a little um unsettling. Yeah. You know, I really I want to talk to you about the ending. I forgot about that. Uh not, well, not on not on this. Oh gotcha. Okay, yeah. It. No spoilers here. But um I would love to see a zombie Sherlock Holmes and a and a zombie three musketeers now. Yeah. Um all right, well we'll we'll talk more about that off air because I have some ideas and I don't want to ramble on on the <laughs> podcast. But um so, but zombies are popular, and we'll we'll get off this topic in a moment. But um, what I wanted to say, and it, I wouldn't even necessarily say I'm throwing this out as a challenge or dropping the gauntlet or anything, but um, in some cases, I feel that the origin of zombies being cryptic is is cool. I think that the fact that we don't know exactly what it is, but it's usually like I think that that's cool that we don't know exactly what it is, but it's usually some kind of virus. It's an infectious virus, you know, you pass it along via bite. Um, Sometimes it's, you know, if you get fluid on you. Um, But I think in Night of the Living Dead, one of the speculations is that it's it's radiation from Venus, you know, and then, uh, which is cool. I think that that to me is cooler than a virus. I know that the virus aspect is more realistic, but even in 28 Days Later, it was like through monkeys. But it was still a form of a virus to me. Right. And so I was just thinking, let's come up with something more interesting as to why this has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think that that... Um, and now because I know... Of it's because it's of the supernatural, Tim. 
That would be cooler. It's because it's supernatural. That would be really neat. That, really? Yeah. E- even just because just it's... Just ex- that excuse, it's supernatural? Well, no, I'm, I, I'm saying let's take that and go down that avenue. Okay, what would cause that supernaturally? That's what I was saying. That is the reason. Oh, I see. Yeah, maybe just focus in. You know, maybe just zoom, zoom in and see Zip, why. Zap, zoom in. Yeah. So anyway, I'm throwing that out there. I, there is one author. We talked about him in uh, the podcast we did with Joe Leonardo. Um, and he actually did a take on zombies. And um, it was different than that. It was different than just the virus. And I liked it a lot. But um, I won't tell you because it's kind of the uh, thing that makes the story different and unique. The story is called The Rising um, by an author by the name of Brian Keene. So uh, moving on. Let's hear what our orchestra has to say about zombies. Well, you're in luck, multi-geeks, because I have a zombie ensemble that will match even the greatest of musical minds. Take it away, zombies. Thank you for that baleful and zombified tune, Tavern. Now, Jason, let's do something uh, very high schoolish. Um, when you were in high school, did you ever do any of those, like, who would win in a fight? And then you name two characters who sometimes were in the same universe, sometimes not at all. Like, one of the popular ones that I used to hear was Spider-Man versus Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that one? No. Okay. Well, it sounds ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Well, think about it. Who would win? No, I used to do that, too. Yeah, but who would win? Spider-Man or Darth Vader? Um, I mean, I'm going somewhere with all this. That's not what the October cast is about, but... Spider-Man is more agile, and he has has that ranged attack. Exactly. See? And it goes back and forth, and then you can say, but Darth Vader has the Force, and he has a lightsaber, and so it's like... Trust me, I've had conversations that lasted longer than I'd care to admit about that. And it's usually started when I say to somebody, hey, here's an example. Who would win? <laughs> it always starts when I try to explain the concept. Uh-huh. And then we actually have a conversation about it. So I thought for this final October cast, we should do a good old-fashioned who would win in a fight. And in this, we'll include a ton of movie slashers. Okay, Freddy... Jason, Chucky, all of them. And we'll just go through. So here, this is what I say. I say Pinhead is the referee. He makes the final call in all of this because he seems like a neutral force uh, with... He's like neutral evil. Yeah. You know. So, uh, let's let's do a roll call here. Definitely want to do... Let's see. Who do we want to do? Freddy and Jason, that's a given. Mm-hmm. Who else do you want to do? Mike Myers. Okay. The actor. <laughs> you know, that doesn't ever get old to me. Yeah. When people interchange the two, <laughs> that would be really funny because he would do all his accents and he'd do Shrek, you know? Donkey! 
(laughs) All right. So Mike Myers, um, the actor, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, uh, Leatherface. Do you think we should include like humans that aren't supernatural, like Ghostface from Scream? No. Okay. Um, Okay, but check this out. No, I want to include Leslie Vernon. Okay. And actually, Michael Myers really isn't supernatural, as far as I know. No, I think one of not them has a supernatural element to it, but well, I don't want to spoil the first film, but uh he's just resilient. Yeah. He's hard to kill. Right. Um so let's include Chucky. Yeah. Uh or Charles Lee Ray from the Child's Play movies. Um and then Candyman. I've never seen that, but you've seen that before. Mm-hmm. And he's supernatural, right? That was based oh, on yeah. a Clive Barker story. So, and then I think for fun, just to have some fodder in there, we should include Jigsaw from Saw, Ghostface from Scream, and uh, The Fisherman from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay. All right? So, how does a fight like this start? I'm thinking perhaps Pinhead is getting them all together. And he says, listen, half of us have been in space. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Including myself. Look, shame on me here, people. Shame on me. Oh, we forgot the leprechaun. I was going to say that, but that... That's too out there. Well, he's... He He just cares about his gold. He doesn't care about fighting any of these people. He's all about magical, murderous tomfoolery. Yeah. He's not really a slasher. Uh Okay. So, um... Yeah, he's a little too supernatural. He kind of falls in the realm well, I don't of the Jin. Jigsaw to be a slasher. No, but he's kind of the transitional character between the slasher and the torture mm-hmm. films that we've been seeing lately. Mm-hmm. Um, again, though, I want him in there for fodder. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, well, yeah, we'll get into that. But I think Leprechaun and the Jin from the Wishmaster movies—they're too supernatural. Yeah. Okay. You know. He'll uh, the leprechaun will start pointing at people, and before we know it, he'll have Freddie and Jason rapping. <laughs> what was he? He's like, "I'm the leprechaun." What was that awful rhyme he kept uh, saying? I'm sorry, I blocked it out. I don't. Oh man, something like "too cold to hold." Who stole my gold? <laughs> or something like that. Oh, oh, lep in the hood, here to do no good. Lep in the hood, come to do no good. Man alive, awful lip syncing. Anyway. We should put him in there just so he would die. So, anyway. Okay. Okay. So, Pinhead gets them all together. He's like, look, half of us have been and in space. And the Mist Monster. Don't forget him. That is not appropriate. <laughs> Jason, that is not age appropriate. No. The, you're talking about the monster that walks across Hey, if you want to go true middle mist. school, we're including him. Oh, because you're allowed to just throw anybody in? Right. Okay. For your enjoyment, I'll include the giant beast in the movie The Mist. If you want, he can just be the audience. He can just watch. He'll he'll lumber by. In one step, he'll, he'll be gone. No, he'll circle them. Okay. He will be the ring. If anyone tries to get out of the ring, he will squash them. Perfect. There you go. We are truly, truly re-embodying middle school. I love this. <laughs> this is great. Okay. So, there's the ring is the mist monster. So, the fight begins. I think that the setting should be um, kind of a a mishmash of the areas that these people or creatures inhabit. So it's like there's a woodland area, and next to the woodland area, there's an abandoned house. Next to the abandoned house, you know what I mean? And like kind of give all their little settings so that there would be comfort and home field advantage for each character. So like... Um, it's kind of like a Pokemon match. Yeah, there you go. Like some kind of twisted... 80 slasher Pokemon match. So, but how do you decide who wins in this? This is the age-old question, and it's hard to pick between two. Yeah. Okay, now we've got a list of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Right away. 10 of them, and it's like, what's going on? I can tell you right away, for me, I think that, um, like Jigsaw from Saw, he's like, hello, do you want to play a game? And he's like, <laughs> I have cancer. And then he dies. So Jigsaw's out <laughs> right away. Because he's, a, he's, a, he's a, a whittled... No, not whittled. <laughs> withered? Yes. I was going to say withered 
and little at the same time, and it came out totally wrong. He is a, look, he's a fragile old man. Yeah. So unless he can watch these these uh, famous slashers from afar and trap them with a, his little pig mask, this is not a game for him. So you I think. Tell me, do you want me to tell you what I'm thinking, though? Yeah. He dies, but then he comes back as a supernatural being, and he traps, he puts all these different characters in traps, and they cannot escape. Okay, only that's, if, that's totally like, I think, that's making him overpowered, but I'll go with this, only if he comes back with the uh, the white clown face from his Yeah, yeah, doll. he'll come back as the, the figure of Jigsaw, like. Okay. The doll. That's I can go with that. that. Is, that's what I think of as Jigsaw. Yes. Not the man. The whittled old man. See, now now that makes his sense. His name was like John... What was his name? Kramer. John Kramer. <laughs> From Seinfeld. Yeah. He was John Cosmo Kramer. <laughs> who is... Kramer is, is, is the saw monster. <laughs> he, so it's the white mask with the, the hair sticking out. No. I was going to say, now he's a whittled old man. He can be because isn't that puppet made out of wood? Huh. See? I'm good. Even the mist monster, though, he gets his own trap. Oh, goodness. Wow, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's powerful. Listen. Your sin is interdimensional chicanery. <laughs> you have cross-dimensionally participated in tomfoolery. No, but so, okay. And then also, too, let me just say this, all right? The, um, the Candyman shows up, and he's like, y'all is crazy, and leaves. He's not having any of this. Oh, yeah. He's smarter than that, man. He is smarter than that. Okay. So Candyman out. Jigsaw is dead at this point. If we resurrect him later, but he's dead at this point. Um, I think the fisherman from I Know What You Did Last Summer mm-hmm. leaves because he's embarrassed. Oh. Because, come on, think about that. That is the one of the most awful He's embarrassed rip-off. about himself? He's embarrassed, he's embarrassed about the film. Uh, he was forced to participate in. Okay. He's really just, he shows him and he goes, uh, I just came to apologize. I'm really sorry for what I did. Um, so I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves. So the fisherman from I Know What You Did Last Summer, he's peace out. Um, now, Ghostface from Scream, there were like five people. <laughs> yeah, I can't so, even keep track of I don't know people. who it is. It's like. The mother, the two people, the <laughs> sister, the bro- whatever it is, the high school boyfriend, the high school yeah. outcast, all that other stuff. So I'm thinking that this ghost face is actually the one from a movie that I hate. But what was it? What was it called? Uh, scary movie. Oh, he shows up and he's like, "Hey," yeah. and uh, see in this instance, I go with that. Okay, so it's not any of the other ones from any of the other scream films. It's mm-hmm. Ghost Face from Scary Movie. <laughs> So he comes, and he's all slapstick comedy, like, (laughs) pulling stuff out of people's ears and such. So now at this point, you've got, you know, the field is standing there is like crazy person from Scary Movie going, wow. You have Candyman's gone. Fisherman's like, sorry. Jigsaw's dead. So it's pretty much just Ghostface from Scream standing there. Okay. So... I say that in the corner of your eye, you see something, and then it ducks away. And you're like, oh, what was that? Uh-huh. It was Leslie Vernon. Okay. Now, he has set up this fight scene, uh-huh. and he's rigged it a bunch of different ways, like he did in the movie, right. to give himself the advantage. Because if you know about Leslie Vernon, Leslie Vernon, from behind the mask, he is a, um, he's a serial killer who models himself after... Freddie, Jason, and those things, but he goes and does prep work. He does hard work to make it so you'll drop your car keys and make it so when you try to climb the fence, you get cut. Yeah. Like, he does all that stuff. So he, the only way he even has a chance in this is by coming in preemptively <laughs> and setting the stage. And uh, in his universe, in Behind the Mask, Freddie and Jason and all of them, they're real. Yeah. So he would know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, Do you think he would want to fight them, though? No, that's what I was just going to say. Okay. Is that I can totally see him. This is how it would go to me. It would be like, he would he would come in, and he'd be like, oh, this is fantastic. This is amazing. I get to see these people work. Oh, this is my dream. And he's just kind of going to stay on the outskirts the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I can totally imagine him going like, oh, Freddy Krueger. Me? No. I will never fight Freddy Krueger. No way. I, mm-hmm. You're my idol. 
I have all of your movies, you know? Yeah. That's how I picture him. So he's not even really in the fight. If anything, that would get him killed, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So you've got Leslie Vernon, which kind of rules him out. So really, I mean, I know we had this really long list. I felt like I just wanted to include everybody. But if you go down the list, the ones that are really in it are Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, and Chucky. Mm-hmm. Which, those are the five that it always comes down to, I think, in my mind. Those are the real dangerous ones. All of them have supernatural elements. So of those, who wins? We saw Freddy versus Jason. Hmm. And really, I think they did a a tremendous job of showing how Freddy's powerful and how Jason's powerful. Yeah. But out of these, how do you think the fight goes down? Who wins? Who? So all of them kind of show up from their, their corners. You see, you know, Chucky walks out, Michael Myers walks out, Freddy, Jason, and Leatherface. They're all kind of standing looking at each other. Who strikes first? Who does what? What happens? I think someone would kick Chucky. <laughs> Probably. I don't think Chucky stands a chance against these guys. No, because he can he can sustain damage. We've seen that, like with his cracked eye and all that stuff. The Yeah, but they, if they just, like, tear his limbs off. He's gone. You know who would have a good time with that? But it depends. Freddy, but does Chucky oh. sleep? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Freddy would go after Chucky because he's he'd like be a like, child. Yeah, he'd be like, you're a little man, aren't you? <laughs> you know, make one of his jokes. Yeah. You know, nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> and then he'd, he'd take him and he would drop kick him into a corner that's full of like giant <laughs> spikes or something like that. Yeah. You know, and then uh, Chucky would be smart mouth and like, Hey, get your hands off me, you know, but huh. Freddy would be and punt him and Yeah. So okay, here's the question. Freddy in this fight, does he have his dream powers or not? Uh, it, you know what I'm saying? Is this is it has it entered the dream like in I other words I think it, it is a dream, so So he's just he's he, got the claw and he's pretty strong. Yeah. Okay. I can get with that. Okay. Alright. Now Michael Myers is just standing there and he does his scary head tilt where he just kinda <laughs> is like looking like, what am I looking at? Uh-huh. And then uh then what? All right, so, you know, Freddy picks up Chucky. He drop kicks him. Nobody puts Baby in the corner. Chucky's not dead. He's just, you know, he's like, uh. Yeah. All right, so I think Jason Voorhees and Freddy, we've seen them fight before. But you know who we haven't seen is Jason and Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great fight. Is they're both silent? Yes. And big thug? Thuggish. Right. Yeah. Okay, which Michael Myers? Classic Halloween or, like, Rob Zombie's homeless Michael Myers? No, no, no. Classic. All right, classic. So blue jumpsuit, very white, chat mm-hmm. mask. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they both stand there. They both kind of tilt their heads. Now, yeah, what is Michael Myers' weapon of choice? Does he have one or does he just use his bare hands? He, I think he is most... A knife, right? Known, yeah, known with like a kitchen knife. Big, okay. A big kitchen knife. So kitchen knife versus machete. Yep. So this is what I want to see, though. Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees kind of walk up to each other, and they're squaring off, and they kind of look at each other. And then they both repost like fencers. They jump, squat, <laughs> put one hand behind their back, and they don't say on guard because they don't talk, yeah. but their heads just kind of tilt. And then they start like doing old Errol Flynn-like sword fighting all around. The ching, 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 ha, ho, ha, like dodging where they jump and you know pull their stomach in with their arms out like (laughs) like that and this is going on in the background so now michael myers and jason voorhees are sword fighting freddie sees this as an opportunity because leatherface is standing there now leatherface is another one he's a big silent thug yeah so i can see freddie starting to pick on leatherface okay doesn't leatherface have a hair lip in the in the in the remake, but we're talking about classic versions. Well, he has a mask over his face, so I don't know. Well, I, I think at one point, the mask. yeah, at one point, I think that you see uh, Leatherface sitting there, and his face is like his nose is all ingrown. You're about and, the remake, though. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we're not talking about the remake. No, no remake. All right, so the classic. All right, so uh, I don't know. Leatherface is pretty crazy. You think he'd go after Freddy? He'd kind of just start walking towards him, like, yeah, uh, you know I what I mean? I don't think he is skilled enough. I don't think he's very skilled. Leatherface he is just a chainsaw, and he's just kind of wild with it. Okay, so okay, yeah, I was I wasn't thinking of like chainsaw wielding. I was thinking of like meat hook wielding. But uh-huh. you're right. No, 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 or like cleaver. But you're right. 
So he'd be like, so he'd rip it up and probably start running toward Freddy. And Freddy would just think that that's hilarious. He'd be like, who's this guy all of a sudden? You know, what a cut up, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which again, we're kind of choosing Freddy from some of the later Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Not like really crazy. That's my favorite Freddy. The kind of goofy. Yeah. Tongue in cheek. Fun loving. Yeah. It's it's wacky, but I do. I love fun loving Freddy. So Leatherface goes running at Freddy. What does Freddy do? Dodges him. So they he start. He probably trips him with his foot. There you go. He's like. Because he's kind of clumsy, uh, Leatherface. Yeah, he does. He kind of has that stagger run where yeah. he's just wild. And I can see Freddy putting one claw in front of his mouth like, oopsie. <laughs> uh. And he trips Leatherface. Leatherface's chainsaw cuts one of his own arms. Okay. Because that's just how it happens. Uh-huh. And then Freddy's like, someone needs a Band-Aid. And he's got a bonnet on. <laughs> he's like, uh-oh. Does somebody have daddy issues? <laughs> and Leatherface just looks up at him. What's crazy is that Leatherface picks up his so own cut-off crazy. arm. Leatherface picks up his own cut-off arm and hits Freddy in the face with it. Uh, and then gets up and hits him again and hits him. So now Leatherface is beating Freddy with his own arm. Yeah. Okay? okay. Now back to the, the fight with Jason and Michael Myers. Uh-huh. Jason and Michael Myers are doing their thing. Cut to Chucky, who's like mouthing off while he's pulling himself off the spikes. Like, I can never get a break. You know, <laughs> like something like that, and he's pulling himself off. You were telling me... He he pretty much just wants a body to inhabit, right? That's his whole deal. Yeah, but I think at some point he becomes linked to the to the doll and he can no longer transfer his soul. So Oh. I think he then he's just out to have fun and kill people. I see. Which what that says to me is that Chucky sees Leslie Vernon in the bushes. Kind of watching like, "Oh my gosh, this is happening." Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I'm watching the masters at work. And I am truly learning so much. You think he's taking notes? Yes. Okay. In his notebook, he's like, wow, that's fantastic. But he has his mask on, uh-huh, yeah. you know. And Chucky's like, a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see the little camera angle, and it's down at, like, Chucky's level. And it's like, you see it, like, kind of shaking back and forth as it's, like, going towards the bushes mm-hmm. to get behind Leslie Vernon. Maybe at this point, let's just say this is Chucky before... He is linked to the to the doll. See, I was thinking he would look for. Let's say that he's going to try to transfer his bot his soul into Leslie Vernon. Perfect. All right. I think that's well, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a healthy slasher. Yeah. Uh so <clears throat> I don't. I vaguely remember how he does it. What does he have to do? Kill them? He has or? an amulet, and he has to say some kind of uh, like chant or it's something. Some kind of I don't remember. I wonder how long it's been it a takes. long time since. Does I'm it take saying. a long time? I wonder. No, no, no. So, what we'll figure is uh, Chucky. Then, which as a character, I don't know if Leslie Vernon would know Chucky. He's he's yeah, kind of like he mentioned them. You know, so to me, it's like he'd be like, "What? What are you? Like, who are you?" Yeah, Chucky'd be like, "I want your body," and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, pal! I, I don't do that kind of stuff." And he's like, "That's not what I mean." <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh, uh, lowbrow humor. Uh, but I think it's the first time ever on our show. Yeah. But um, I don't know how that amulet business works, but for the sake of interesting fight scenario, would you say Chucky gets Leslie's body? I'd say so. All right, let's say yes. So then Leslie, who has the doll, oh, this is perfect. Chucky takes what was once his doll body, as Leslie Vernon now, so we'll call him Leslie Chucky. Leslie okay. Chucky walks out of the bushes holding the Chucky doll up as though he killed him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, throws him. Which is right in front of Jason Michael Myers, Errol Flynn fencing, yeah. like, sliding down giant sails on pirate ships. So, <laughs> they're doing their nonsense. And they kind of both look down at the doll. Um, where, I think, at this point... There's just a lot of shenanigans going on, mm-hmm. and I, I would—I don't know. Part of me wants to say that at this point they all kind of just decide to turn on Pinhead. Hmm. I'm not sure. I just can't imagine them really fighting for that long without figuring, 
Like, why are we doing this? I'm better than this. I got to get out of here. So they would be like, um, yeah, I'm not going to fight to the death. I'm going to kill the guy that's holding me here. Can they defeat Pinhead, though? I don't know. Because you know when it, then it even gets cooler because now it's those, it's Chucky in Leslie Vernon's body, Michael Myers, Leatherface, and Freddy Krueger versus a bunch of Cenobites. Mm. And then it's just because then you know then all bets are off. You can just do hack and slash like ridiculous, and then they all get to do their special. And Ed can just release the chains and then chain everyone up, tear them apart with the chains. Yes, it's, except it's, unless in this circle, this ring created by the Mist Monster. <laughs> Um, perhaps, uh, it, he's, he's neutral. He has to remain neutral. He can't fight back. In, Why? It's his ring. Didn't you say he's the one that brought them all together? Yeah. Okay. I'll go with that. Yeah. I'm sure he has control over it. Okay. So then, okay. So then really what ends up happening is that the chains come and gets them all. Yeah. But the chains are coming from farther out than the mist monster is. So the Miss Monster <laughs> is like Just an like AT-AT, AT-AT walker <laughs> in Empire, and he gets all tied up and he falls into <laughs> and that's it. Pinhead. So the winner, yeah, is the Mist Monster who gets up. Yeah, he just fell over. He gets up. He falls over. He gets up and lumbers away. <laughs> yeah, and the rest, all of them, did just mush pancakes. <laughs> so that's it. So the winner. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, on our final October cast is the Mist Monster. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> that is the best story ever. So, I yeah. want to see that movie so bad. So yeah, I mean Let's that make was that into a movie. Nowadays, I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Yeah, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> no, it may. Someone's gonna hear this. Some Hollywood producers are gonna hear this and be like. This kid's glorious. <laughs> Wait a second. Them two fellas. It'll never play in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> no, but um, in any event. So that was just fun. We just wanted to do it kind of off the cuff, not really plan it, have a lot of fun on this last section of the October cast. So hopefully you enjoyed that. I know it was definitely a little wacky, but uh, in any event, uh, we're going to close out the October cast by playing you a snippet of the story we were referencing before. Uh, It is a short story by Widget Walls, and he actually uh, wrote and produced the audio for it. I'm not sure if the story has an official title, uh, but in iTunes, the title shows up in quotes, and it is, quote, I was there when the girl and her house fell out of the sky, end quotes. Uh, So... Uh, Here's going to be a snippet of the story from Widget Walls, and we will definitely post a link to the full story. Uh, But until next year, this has been the fifth and final October cast. Thank you guys so much for listening, letting us get a little crazy, and we hope that you enjoyed it. We hope to hear from you. You can email us at multigeekshow at gmail.com. And remember, have a safe and happy October and a fun, safe, and happy Halloween. Thank you so much. I was there when the girl and her house fell out of the sky. The Wicked Witch of the East was crushed instantly. We all saw it. We all wanted to rejoice, but were afraid. After all, perhaps this was some trick. Perhaps this was some new sorceress that had come to usurp the witch and take her place. We did not know what to expect. Still, while most of us held back for fear, three of us moved forward to inspect the house or to greet whatever they found inside. With them was Lacasta, the good witch of the north. The only passenger of the house was already outside, however. I saw her myself, even from my vantage point. She seemed to be a girl, definitely too tall to be one of us. She was dressed in plain clothes that looked as though they had possessed color once, but now had faded to a gray that was not unlike her own skin. She turned to the welcoming party, and it was then we saw her face. Her eyes had gone light blue as though they were sightless. Her head, once crowned with dark hair, now had splotches missing like a diseased animal. Her lips had drawn back away from her teeth, and those teeth were sunk deep into one of the legs of the witch, which she had apparently ripped free from under the house. In that moment, when her eyes found the welcoming party... 
The silver shoe covering that foot fell free and hit the road. It was such a small, simple sound. And yet the world around us had grown so quiet it was more like the crack of doom. The girl, the thing, whatever it was, tossed aside the witch's lower leg and grabbed poor Lacasta. Before the good witch could do anything to protect herself, the girl had torn out her throat. Happy Halloween! Play us off, Tavern Wicker Whistle, with your infectious and avian orchestra. Ha 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 